Hello everyone, welcome to Coffee Date with Purpose. So glad that you are here joining me this morning. I am your host, Wendy Payne. And we have been going through the journey of the Gospel of Luke through December. Every single day we are here. If you're just coming in new joining us, I encourage you to scroll back and find all the other passages that we have already written. Um, this is a beautiful Saturday, by the way. I just have to say, I just came in from walking my dog and oh my goodness, it is warm. I just wore a, a light jacket and um, really, really enjoyed the time with my dog. The sun is shining and it is a great day. So I am just, uh, if you hear some scratching in the back, that's my animals playing. I apologize, my dog and my cat. <laughs> you know, there's never a good time to really do this without any extra noise in the background. Anyways, we are just going to continue on reading. Today is December 11th, and so we will be reading from Luke 11. And if you're just joining again, just to remind you, we are reading from the Message Translation. It's a little bit different. And today we're actually going to read um, where Jesus teaches the Our Father prayer to the disciples. And just pay attention to the very different way it is in this translation. Um, it makes it just like super, super modern day English. So um, it just it's just kind of an interesting version. So let's just join along. Let's get right into the word and uh, grab your drink, grab your hot coffee, uh, tea, whatever it is. Sit back, close your eyes and listen to the reading of the word. One day he was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said, Master, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So he said, when you pray, say, Father, Reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you, forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Then he said, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have anything on hand. The friend answers from his bed, don't bother me. The door is locked. My children are down for the night. I can't get up and give you anything. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and waking all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct ask for what you need. This is not cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the father who conceived you in love will give all the Holy Spirit when you ask him. Jesus delivered a man from a demon that had kept him speechless. The demon gone, the man started talking, a blue streak, talking to the crowd by complete surprise. But some of the crowd were cynical. Black magic, they said. Some devil trick he's pulled from his sleeve. Others were skeptical, waiting around for him to prove himself with a spectacular miracle. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, 
any country in civil war for very long is wasted. A constant squabbling family falls to pieces. If Satan cancels Satan, is there any Satan left? You accuse me of ganging up with the devil, the prince of demons, to cast out demons. But if you're slinging devil mud at me, calling me a devil, who kicks out devils, doesn't the same mud stick to your own exorcists? But if it's God's finger I'm pointing that sends the demons on their way, then God's kingdom is here for sure. When a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. But what if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? Then he is beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. This is war and there is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. With a corrupting spirit is expelled from someone, it drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis. Some unsuspecting soul, it can be devil. But it doesn't find anyone. It says, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return, it finds the person swept and dusted, but vacant. But then runs out, but then runs out and rounds up seven other spirits dirtier than itself. And they all move in, whooping it up. That person ends up far worse than if he'd never gotten cleaned up in the first place. While he was saying these things, some women lifted her voice above the murmured crowd. Blessed the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. Jesus commented, even more blessed are those who hear God's word and guard it with their lives. As a crowd swelled, he took a fresh tack. The mood at this age is all wrong. Everybody's looking for proof, but you're looking for the wrong kind. All you're looking for is something to titillate your curiosity, satisfy your lust for miracles. But the only proof you're going to get is the Jonah proof given to the Ninevites, which looks like no proof at all. What Jonah was to Nineveh, the son of man is to this age. On judgment day, the Ninevites will stand up and give evidence that will condemn this generation because when Jonah preached to them, they changed their lives. A far greater preacher than Jonah is here, and you squabble about proofs? On judgment day, the Queen of Sheba will come forward and bring evidence that condemns this generation because she traveled from a far corner of the earth to listen to wise Solomon. Wisdom far greater than Solomon is right in front of you, and you'll squabble over evidence? No one lights a lamp, then hides it in a drawer. It's put on a lampstand so that those entering the room have light to see where they're going. Your eye is a lamp, lighting up your whole body. If you live wide-eyed in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. Keep your eyes open, your lamp burning, so you don't get musty and murky. Keep your life as well lighted as your best lighted room. When he finished that talk, a Pharisee asked him to dinner. He entered his house and sat right down at the table. 
The Pharisee was shocked and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up before the meal. But the master said to him, I know you Pharisees burnish the surface of your cups and plates so they sparkle in the sun. But I also know your insides are maggoty with greed and secret evil. Stupid Pharisees, didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Turn both your pockets and your hearts inside out and give generously to the poor. Then your lives will be clean, not just your dishes and your hands. I've had it with you, you hopelessness, you Pharisees, you frauds. You keep meticulous counts, tithing on every nickel and dime you get, but manage to find loopholes for getting around basic matters of justice and God's love. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. You're hopeless, you Pharisees, you frauds. You love sitting at the head table at church dinners, love preening yourselves in the radiance of public flattery. Frauds! You just like unmarked graves. People walk over that nice grassy service, never suspecting the rot and the corruption that is six feet under. One of the religious scholars spoke up. Teacher, do you realize that in saying these things you're insulting us? He said, yes, and I can be even more explicit. You're hopeless, you religious scholars. You load people down with rules and regulations, nearly breaking their backs, but never lift even a finger to help. You're hopeless. You build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed. The tombs you build are monuments to your murdering ancestors more than to the murdered prophets. The accounts for God's wisdom saying, I will send them prophets and apostles, but they kill them and run them off. What it means is that every drop of righteous blood ever spilt from the time earth began until now, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was struck down between the altar and sanctuary, is on your heads. Yes, it's on the bill of this generation, and this generation will pay. You're hopeless, you religious scholars. You took the key of knowledge, but instead of unlocking the doors, you locked them. You won't go in yourself, and you won't let anyone in either. As soon as Jesus left the table, the religion scholars and the Pharisees went into a rage. They went over and over everything he said, plotting how they could trap him in something from his own mouth. Let's pray. Lord God, I just pray today as we are reading your word that again we draw closer to you. Lord, forgive us for moments where we may have been like those religious scholars, where we may have been like those Pharisees, where we are just not willing to give and just being rude and, and just not kind and loving in the manner that you would want us to be. Forgive us for those moments, God. God, I pray that we would see people the way that you see them, that we would be loving, unconditionally loving to those who maybe aren't even like us. Lord God, we thank you for your word and help, how it helps to lead us and guide us along our journey. Lord God, continue to be with us as we are entering into this Christmas season, that our eyes may be focused on you and others and not on ourselves, I pray. 
In Jesus' precious and incredible name, amen. Thank you everyone for joining. I pray that you enjoyed today's reading. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. See you tomorrow.